Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. can feel the weight of presence in the house that comes from unity I just want to celebrate the unity that you guys express the unity union with the Lord and union with each other and thank God you're a praying church you know we come from Washington DC the East Coast and I just got to say the East Coast doesn't pray like you pray We're working on them, all right? We're working on them, but we probably need some West Coast fire to hell. Yeah? And so, Lord, we say, be fruitful and multiply as you move forward together as one. Can we declare this? As one. Again. As one. Again. As one in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, amen. Amen. Let's just take it, amen. Just take it from here. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, we had quite an amazing time last night. Uh, if you weren't here, I would really encourage you to watch the YouTube video and just receive. Now, I, I want to say the, the worship here has just propelled us into the throne of God. It, I, this has been the, the last night and then this morning, I, I believe just two of the most extraordinary worship experiences we've had. I just want to say thank you. We have so needed this time. And you brought us before the throne. And we went together. Can we just thank God for the worship movement that's being birthed and spreading to the nation from this house? There is a worship movement. You didn't hear me. There's a worship movement that is coming forth from the house that's going to empower the nation. There are worship anthems that are coming forth from this house that are going to just light the nation on fire. And and I just, I I haven't felt so close to the holiness of God as when that song was sung. A few years ago in 2019, Uh, the Lord began to speak to me about how he is restoring the majesty, the awareness of the majesty of God to his people. Respect for God is going to be restored because he's going to make the nations tremble. And in the midst of the trembling, we are going to see with unveiled eyes his majesty, his glory, his fierceness as well as his goodness and you're carrying that already you're carrying the awe of God and the DNA of who you are 
I, I just, I, I haven't tasted it this way until now. I've been looking for it for a good three years. I'm just kind of Come for the four winds, O oh breath, and breathe on these. Okay. <laughs> or those who weren't here last night, um, my name is John Hamill. My wife, Jolene, and I. Jolene, stand up and. Yeah. We, uh, we are from Washington, D.C., and the Lord assigned us to do a, a journey called the Glory Train, going to all 50 states, believing God and partnering with the Lord for the restoration of the glory of God. We went in 2016, circling the nation in prayer and revival, and what we called the turnaround tour, the Glory Train turnaround tour, and we saw a turnaround. Yeah. But the turnaround is only halfway through. God wants to complete yes. the turnaround. And uh, God knew we needed some extra vitality, so we brought our covenant friend Chris Mitchell aboard the glory train. Chris, stand up. Wave to everybody. Apostle Chris Mitchell, Jr. Men after God's heart like few we've met. A man who understands covenant like few people we've met. It's an honor to run together. Chris started into this thing last night about Gideon. I'm like, are you kidding me? As the Lord had put that on my heart while we were in Alaska. We went from Alaska down to Seattle and then out here to uh, Portland, Oregon, to be with you all. What an honor to be with you. And uh, feel like family. Yeah. Really, kindred spirits. You've adopted us whether you like it or not. So I want to share a little bit. We had an unusual experience. Our hosts in Alaska took us out to the wilderness. And it was kind of a little bit unsettling to be in a place where there was no internet, no cell coverage, especially just two days before we were going to minister in probably the biggest, uh, most important ministry time of our entire year. 722 is always the big one for us because God gave us Daniel 722 back in 2014 and told us to uh, come before him uh, on 722 because he's releasing a verdict that he did that we did not even know we need Daniel 722 judgment in favor of the saints restraining the enemy and releasing the saints to possess the kingdom now what the Lord is bringing forth for Steve 
is a Daniel 7.22 verdict in his favor. The gavel has fallen. The verdict's already been decreed, and we're going to see the victory in a way that's incredible. In 2016, we saw the victory, but it was an incomplete turnaround. And it was almost like Ezekiel was told to prophesy to bones, to come together and rise up and become the army. You know, you know that passage. Here we go. The anointing must be kicking in. <laughs> yep. But it was incomplete. When he evaluated the breakthrough that God gave, it was incomplete. And the Lord had him prophesy again. Come from the four winds, O breath. Yeah, yeah, breathe yeah. on these slain that they may live. Yeah. And they came to life, breath entered into them, and the army of God was resurrected. Yep. Okay. Sometimes you have to push beyond that initial breakthrough <clears throat> to see the turnaround completed. Yeah. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. And the Lord always wants us to have an earnest, honest diagnosis. An evaluation that opens up the gates for his glory to come, saturate, heal, deliver, strengthen. And so in 2021, the Lord spoke to us about another tour. Actually, in 20, was it 2017? It was 2017. We were at the Museum of the Bible holding our revolution conference in Washington, D.C. Cindy Jacobs gets up and she begins to prophesy. She begins to prophesy, God is sending you on, on another 50-state glory train tour. <laughs> You're going to go by train. And Jolene gets up and she puts her mouth, hand over Cindy Jacobs' mouth. Who does that? Internationally renowned prophet Cindy Jacobs. And Jolene says, listen, you can't prophesy about another 50 state tour on a train unless you're coming with us. Funny thing is, we're now on a train rolling through the nation. I think Cindy's word prevailed, right? And you know, the Lord didn't tell us to go in 2020. I would, I would have gone. I wasn't afraid of the, you know. He told us 2021. And he's kind of making a point there. We can't make an idol out of politics. Politics will not save the nation. We've got to come up higher. The move of God saves our nation. Okay? And as speaking as a person who invested everything in the move of the Spirit of God that broke forth literally from the White House to the Department of Defense to the Department of State to uh, across the spectrum of government, it was the first time where apostolic prophetic intercession was welcomed in. Yes to the highest corridors of power. I really can't go into that, but the level of warfare, the magnitude of warfare was such that even Baptists were picking up, we need 
the fire of intercession. And they suddenly became open to the move of Holy Spirit. And we saw miracles. I mean, our absolute life-transforming miracles and absolute nation-changing miracles. There's... Mike Pompeo considers himself to be the first genuine born-again Christian in office as Secretary of State. We actually adopted the, the State Department in prayer. And we saw turnarounds there like we've never seen. In fact, a guy named Sam Brownback became, he was a former governor, former senator, became the ambassador of religious freedom. And stood up on a national level and on a global level and essentially, like Moses said, let my people go. Held the first ever uh, ministerial on religious freedom and brought people in from all over the world to hear the testimony of believers in Christ who have been uh, um, um, abused, wounded, taken down, imprisoned for their witness for Jesus Christ. It was the largest humanitarian gathering in State Department history. Wow. Now, you have to understand that, you know, when in, in, in 2016, when these folks came into power, uh, it was known as the Deep State Department. Yeah. Yeah. God's done a turnaround. And I believe that turnaround is going to be perpetuated. But again, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit that we receive yeah. the breakthrough. So where was I? I was on a road, Chris, Jolene, and myself were on a road to Homer, Alaska. How many of you know where Homer, Alaska is? It is the last westernmost outpost of civilization. (laughs) You can drive from here to Homer. That is the far westernmost town in the United States of America that you can reach by the, the, the highway system. Anymore, you have to fly. You can go further west, but you have to fly. So it's literally the end of the road. <laughs> and we went to the end of the road on Passover to prophesy that the end of the road for the United States of America becomes the open road of new beginnings. Isaiah 54, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. So we went back to the end of the road to see this highway forged a breakthrough. And we took a ferry from the end of the road to an island. We went beyond the end of the road. Isn't that fun? There was like 12 of us on this ferry to the end of the road to Soldovia where they didn't have internet, didn't have phones, and we were going to be ministering in our biggest gathering in just two days. It it was a little different. And there was a guy from Houston, Texas, who turned up, started up a conversation with the guy. I didn't know him from Adam. Uh, But he had mentioned that he'd been somewhere, and I overheard the conversation. I was eavesdropping. Yes, I was. And he began to talk about Jesus. Turns out this guy's an older guy, had logged 8,000 miles, 8 million miles, corrected, 
8 million miles across the entire world as a revivalist. Turns out he was in this church that was uh, a little bit challenged. They had gone through like the 19, late 1960s, gone through three church splits, lots of challenges. And he was mentoring the pastor and they would pray at six in the morning down in Southern California. And, you know, there was a small group of maybe 15 people that were coming on a regular basis. And it got down to basically him and this 84-year-old woman who would travail and weep and cry for awakening and revival. And he said... He was counseling this pastor that he needed to stay because God's going to do something. And the pastor, the 84-year-old prayer warrior would pray and weep over souls. And he would pray and weep over, I got to get out of the ministry. (laughs) Give me something else to do. Literally, that was kind of the antiphonal prayer movement going on. Help me leave. Bring revival. Help me leave. Bring revival. Well, he came back around eventually. But in the midst of that cry of, you've got to come, or, or, or everything is meaningless, this hippie guy, in a very tight bathing suit, and apparently very little else, <laughs> came in the back door. He was high. He was drunk. He came in the back door, and the pastor immediately got his deacons and ushers to, you know, attend to him, which means tackle him and throw him out. (laughs) He was kind of, I guess, a little abrasive, stirred some things up, said some things, and he was about to be out, but they let him stay for the service. He came back the next week. And then he came back the next week and the manifestation of demonic powers were very evident in this man. So they tackled him this time and they commanded these forces to leave and they led him to Jesus and got him filled with the Holy Spirit all in the matter of one night. And it turns out this hippie guy with skinny (laughs) bathing suit came in drunk and high was a very prominent millionaire. Wow. knew a lot of folks in Hollywood and throughout Southern California and he asked the pastor would you open up your church for Monday night I have some friends who can use this and so they opened up the church on a Monday night and a thousand people were there <laughs> and they all got saved and set on fire and it marked the birth of the Jesus movement the Jesus revolution Here we were on a ferry moving out beyond the end of the road to the wilderness. And we're hearing from a guy who literally saw the spark of the Jesus movement ignited. And then went 8 million miles around the world sharing the gospel. We're not as dumb as we look. (laughs) So, you know, we asked him to pray for us and... 
he prayed this general prayer. And I'm like, no, take your hand, put your hand on my forehead, on, on, on Curses for it, Jolene's for it, and pray, impart this thing. God, I ask that you release the fire, the spark of a new Jesus revolution. Let them be fire starters, God. Our ministry is called Lamplighter. I'm, I'm going to tell you that Portland is one of the epicenters of this Jesus revolution. I'm going to tell you that the Father's house is a spark of awakening and revival that launches this Jesus revolution for the nation. This is who you are. Look for a pastor who's gaining a miracle. That was the Jesus movement in the late 60s on through. Look for the travail of the saints and the commitment to souls. You have the apostolic and prophetic. You have the worship. This is a holistic expression of the body of Christ in action in this new move of God. You can say, we want the move. But listen, God is saying, you are the move. You are the new move of God. This DNA that has been established in the midst of challenges and fire and antifa and whatever else. You are the new move of the spirit of God. Tend the fire. May the fire on the altar never go out. We had an unexplainable service last night. We had a great month last night. I feel like the best thing we can do is just to kind of share on covenant and uh, just release God's covenantal expression to you. But just before I do, can I just share with you a word that the Lord gave me for the nation that I believe is very much for you? And turn with me, if you will, to the book of Isaiah chapter 54. Probably like many of you, I was wondering what in the heck happened in 2020. (laughs) I shared yesterday, last night, we shared about how the angel of the Lord and the move of the Spirit of God is being restored in this very window right now. And it seemed like in 2020, God had lifted his hand from our nation. That's what it seemed from my perch overlooking Washington, D.C., Things that should have just been easy breakthroughs suddenly. Can I can I give you just a very brief but personal example? I mean, we've prayed for the Trump administration a lot, and what came against the administration, the level of witchcraft, that was extraordinary. It was like he was paralyzed from moving. Did you know that Donald Trump, back in the 90s, was celebrated as a civil rights icon? Yeah. 
because he bought Mar-a-Lago and then he opened up this exclusive club in Palm Beach to black folks and Jewish folks. Palm Beach was an exclusively white community and nobody was allowed to open up their doors to people of color. And a few Jewish people had managed to integrate in, but it didn't happen. Donald Trump, he sued the city of Palm Beach to gain permission to open up the most exclusive club he owns to black folks and Jewish folks. Now, the dream of God for the United States of America is that every tongue, tribe, and nation be joined together with him and in him joined with each other. The church's greatest hour is when we come together as one celebrating the union that God has redeemed us all, every tongue, tribe, and nation. He's redeemed us. And he's made us to be kings and priests to our God. And we together, every tongue, tribe, and nation, reign with him on the earth. America is supposed to be an expression of that, an on-earth expression of that. And I'm telling you, whatever happened, I don't know what happened, but it was just like complete befuddlement. The hand of the Lord was lifted, and it was a directionless season now I'm, I'm just saying this is my personal vantage point okay and Kathy and Jeff were fellow travailers during that time it was incredible and the Lord told us 2021 is the time to do the glory train not 2020 Wow. again it's not about Politics. Watch out for the religious and political spirit to come together. When they do, that is empowering an antichrist expression of governance. You got to watch that. We don't belong to anybody but Jesus. That's no king but Jesus. But that said, as I was praying over this in February, when, you know, kind of with a stroke of a pen, our new president actually. Upended virtually every kingdom advancement that had been made regarding abortion, regarding, I mean, it was just extraordinary. I, I, I hit bottom. We took some time in Georgia just to, to pray and seek the face of God. What are you doing? What's going on? I, I couldn't figure it out. And, and my heart was so heavy. We had lost dear friends of ours, actually moms, uh, a mom and dad to us in in as well and it was just a hard time we've we've gone through some pretty hard times haven't we and the lord spoke to me and he said 2020 is defined by isaiah 53 but 2021 will be defined by isaiah 54 now just for perspective in november 11th of 2020 Jolene, Chris, myself, the Peltons uh, were honored to be part of a small gathering in Plymouth, Massachusetts, honoring the covenantal foundations of our nation. Where the, it's the 400th anniversary of the pilgrims' arrival in the United States of 
what became the United States. They literally welcomed the Lord, cut covenant with the Lord for the land and government that would become the United States of America. They committed the land and government to the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. And then they empowered, laid down their lives, connected with, became covenant with, partners with the Native American community there. They actually would not go ashore until the Native Americans welcomed them in because the friendship had been established. And they labored together. Their offspring made a big screw up of all the blessing that was originally given. But anyway, so the 400th anniversary of basically the pilgrims saying, God, marry our land from the beginning. And God saying, yes. Why are we so blessed? Because we're a nation in covenant with God. It was November 11th of 2020. Do you realize in Isaiah 53, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord was on a cross. Jesus was dying for us. The disciples, when they saw Jesus dying, thought that, you know, here's the Lamb of God. The, he, he, this is the, the Messiah of Israel, and he is being crucified at the hands of the global governmental leaders at the time. Yep. Global government was prevailing over the Messiah, Jesus. and they had no grid to understand this, except that God had failed them. Yeah. The one who was the walking manifestation of love himself, truth himself, justice himself, was being nailed to a cross. And there was nothing that they could do. And so many times they saw the hand of God intervening, but there was literally nothing that even God seemed able to do. It was like the very hand of God was nailed to the cross, restrained from acting. And they prayed, and God didn't seem to respond. But the whole time when Jesus was on the cross, he had literally become sin for us, taking upon himself every decision that we made, every action that we had made contrary to the Father's heart. He was redeeming us at the very time we were despising him for not being able to conquer. And then he was raised from the dead in majesty. Come on. And the Lord began to show me about how in, in the midst of the challenges and turmoil of 2020, his covenant of redemption was being forged to set the course for our future. Isaiah 54. The hand of the Lord returns to the bride. And she realizes it's a nail-scarred hand. Shout for joy, O barren one, you who bore no child. Break forth into joyful shouting. Cry aloud, you have not travailed. For more of the children of the desolate women than the 
children of the married wife. You've been in, you know, felt like our prayers were in a place of desolation in the wilderness. It felt somewhat like we were in the wilderness, that we would pray and pray, and where was God moving? It seemed like there was nothing being produced from the womb of our spirit. We couldn't birth. God says in Isaiah 54, based on the redemption of the body and blood of the Lamb, He's saying, I'm breaking desolation off of you. I am breaking barrenness off of you. You're going to bring to birth. You're going to travail and bring to birth. More of the children of the desolate woman than the children of the married wife. Enlarge the place of your tent. This might be a word for you. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your tent pegs. For you're going to spread abroad to the right and the left. Say this with me. I will spread abroad to the right, to the left. Barrenness is no longer my future. Blessing is my present and my future. I have crossed over from the land of desolation into the land of abundance, the promised land. It says your descendants will possess nations and resettle the desolate cities. They're going to possess nations and states and resettle desolate cities. I don't know if that means anything to Portland after the year you've had. It's only to be compared to the year we had in Washington, D.C. And we're going to resettle the desolate cities. God's going to say, you're no more desolate. No sure your land anymore be called half uh, uh, desolate. Forsaken, You're going to be called Hephzibah in your land, Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and to him your land shall be married. Isaiah 62. How many of you want to get married today? Fear not. You're not going to be put to shame. You're not going to feel humiliated. You're not going to be disgraced. You're going to forget the shame of your youth, the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more. <laughs> how many of you felt abandoned and rejected in any way? You don't have to raise your hands, but that's how I was feeling. I am removing the pain of rejection from the depths of your heart where you felt abandoned by God and far from his hand. He's saying in this scripture right here, your husband is your maker whose name is the Lord of hosts. Your covenant with God is in right standing before heaven's court. You are the bride. He is the bridegroom and his hand is now pulling you up to him. had an experience years ago, probably 30 years ago now, where I saw the bride of Christ coming out of a casket. She was wrapped in grave clothes. And the hand of the Lord began to unwrap the grave clothes. And the Lord began to speak covenant with death and hell annulled. 
you're entering into a season of awakening. John 11, 11. I go that I may awaken Lazarus from slumber. A move of Holy Spirit awakening is upon you. And he spoke over the bride where you have felt abandoned by me and far from my hand of provision. I'm bringing you into a season of intimacy with me. Abundance from my hand and I've saved the best wine for last. Look at your neighbor and say best wine for last. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord's called you like a wife forsaken, grieved in spirit. Mm. Even a wife of one's youth, when she's rejected, says, You're God. For a brief moment, I forsook you. With great compassion, I'm gathering you. In an outburst of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting loving kindness, I'm going to have compassion on you. It's like the waters of Noah to me, no longer angry. Portland, it's a word of the Lord to you. And he goes on to say, uh, uh, afflicted one, storm-tossed, I'm going to set your stones with, with, with beauty. I'm going to lay your foundations with sapphires. I'm going to make your battlements or your, your pinnacles of, of rubies and all your gates of crystal. I'm going to rebuild you with precious stones. You're, you're, from the foundation up to the gates and the walls, you're going to be protected even as you advance. To, and all your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the well-being, your shalom of your children. I'm going to redeem you and I'm going to redeem your children and there's nothing that's going to stop my hand from moving to restrain the enemy, protect you even as I bring you forward. No weapon forged against you prospers. I don't know, maybe this is a word for this moment. No weapon forged against you prospers, Steve, and every tongue that rises up in judgment against you will be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is of me. He's bringing you forth unstoppable. He's bringing you forth in strength, joined with him. The hand of the Lord returns to you. The countenance of the Lord, the countenance of his intimacy and delight return to you. This is where you are, Jeff and Kathy. It's where you are right now. The Lord is establishing you and securing you. Full circle, double portion. And this thing all centers around covenant. No covenant, no glory. No covenant, no legitimacy. No covenant, no intimacy. No covenant, no inheritance. Chris Mitchell, come share. Let's be brief. Genesis 3:24 for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave or be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. John was just talking about covenant unlocking intimacy. 
And from the very beginning, that has been God's design. That in the context of covenant, listen to verse 25 of Genesis 3. It says, and they were both naked and unashamed. Only within the context of covenant are you free to be who you are. Without shame. Covenant unlocks legitimate intimacy. Outside of the bounds of covenant, there is no intimacy. Psalm 24, you quoted it. Give me three minutes. Psalm 24, when we came in today, you guys were praying into Psalm 24, which is a life chapter of mine. Psalm 24 and verse 7 was being prayed into. Lift up your head, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. You know what the verse before it says? This is the generation of Jacob, verse 6, of those who seek your face. It's a callback to Genesis 28 where Jacob rebuilt the altar of his grandfather Abraham that built an altar to sacrifice his father Isaac and a covenant was cut between God and Abraham. And upon that covenantal foundation, the heavens opened and God revealed his unshakable throne to the point that Jacob said, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Covenant unlocks intimacy face to face. And I want to say to you today that there is a whole pseudo movement in the earth that is trying to be, and this is what I believe has seized even in Portland, and we're seeing it across the spectrum in the United States, where we're trying to obtain things. We're telling people, do whatever makes you feel good, and and we just want to be accepting and tolerant. How many of y'all know all of this terminology? We're inclusive. Anything but. Come on. Because when you divorce, and let me just land this plane with this. In Genesis chapter 11, after that period where the garden was closed off and covenant was broken between God and the face-to-face fellowship was disrupted, man moved further and further away from the source of intimacy, which is covenant, and they end up in the plains of Shinar. Genesis chapter 11 and Nimrod says enough of carrying the covenant name of God. We will make a name for ourselves. Genesis 11 4. See, when you come into covenant, you receive a new name. The bride, Genesis, ah, Ephesians 3, chapter uh, chapter 3, verse 14, it says, For this reason do I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. We bear his name because we are his bride. He's placed his name on us because of covenant. We bear his name and Nimrod and his company said, we're going to divorce ourselves from him. We're going to separate ourselves 
from covenant and make a name for ourselves. They built a tower called Babel. What does Babel mean? Confusion. And when you tell you what happens to a people who are divorced from covenant, who don't understand covenant, all of a sudden confusion. People don't know whether they're male or female. Oh, y'all ain't talking. They don't know whether or not now all of a sudden we're trying to create movements. We're trying to create intimacy. We're trying to create depth of relationship that only comes in the context of covenant. Inclusivity that is anything but that. It does not empower the person to be who they are. It puts the garments of slavery over them and does not set them free to be who they truly are. Covenant calls you to a higher, the highest expression of who you are. Not this pseudo garbage that destroys and devalues and degrades who you are. Have you ever noticed that that version that is pushed in the world devalues and degrades? It takes away dignity. Covenant elevates and liberates. That's why God is aligning us to his covenant. And I'm going to tell you two minutes. It's only been six minutes. I'm doing good. Can I finish with this? I had an experience on November 11th of 2020. John talked about it earlier. We were in Plymouth marking the 400th anniversary of the signing of the Mayflower Compact. And I was so honored to be there. And the night before... We were having a gathering on the 11th. It was broadcast across the nation. And the night before, Michelle Bachman contacted John and asked him to write a revised version of the compact. And that morning, early afternoon, he was reading it for the first time. I had never heard it. He was downstairs, I was upstairs, and as he began to read the compact, the governmental glory of God filled the room. And tears began to roll, roll down my eyes. And I had this experience with the Lord where I saw the Mayflower compact out in front of me, and it stretched out and wrapped itself around me like a blanket. And I knew instantly that it was not about me as an individual. It was God saying that those that have stood on the outside, that have been disenfranchised and felt like they had no place in my dream called America, I am stretching out this new expression of covenant to bring those who were once afar off nigh to me through my son and I am causing them to take their place of inheritance in this nation that he has called to be a nation of liberty genuine liberty not the pseudo mess that we see out there but genuine freedom and liberty founded upon covenant and God was saying I'm bringing you in to take your place 
And I want to say this, this glory train journey, John 17, 22, Jesus said that the glory that I had with you before time began, I give to them so that they may be one as you and I are one. The glory that God is bringing is a glory that begins to take down the walls of division and breaches that have historically hindered this nation and the even the body of Christ from coming into the place of genuine covenantal unity and God is bringing us nigh by covenant and I'm telling you Portland something that is unlocking and John please if you want to come back please <laughs> Portland all of what's happening around this city where people are taking up banners and causes and marching to all different drums that have this figment of freedom. True freedom, true liberty is found in the covenant that makes us be able to be naked and unashamed. Because covenant is the vow. It is the promise of God that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh boy, we could go some places. It's what unlocks our ability to be before him as we are and to know him as he is. That's freedom. That's freedom. That elevates, dignifies, and removes the pseudo trappings of how we define ourselves in the soulish, carnal realm and makes us one in Him. Just want to real quick tell you about an experience I had when I was in Alaska. Um, I was on this land that was right underneath what's called Pioneer's Peak in Alaska. So I'm sitting at the base of Pioneer's Peak. And Lamplighter Ministry has always been a pioneering ministry. And I'm sitting on this land and this peace which surpasses all understanding, just began to wash over me. And I heard the Lord because for months the Lord's been seeing, saying to me right out of Isaiah 54, O afflicted one, tossed and turned by the storm and not comforted. And what God showed me is that there is so much turmoil that came in in 2020 in so many people's lives. That there's so much storm that came in into our souls. And that's what he pointed out to me is we are afflicted and we have been tossed and turned side by side with, with the storms that have come. And as he began to minister to me, he began to show me that there is, and in Isaiah 54, it really talks about 
the afflicted city, which I believe Portland is. And there's lots of afflicted cities across America. But what he showed me is until I can get the storm out of the souls of my intercessors, until I can make that storm stop in your soul, you will not be effective to travail for your city. So I'm just going to pray over all of us now. The, the experience that I had with God that literally divided soul from spirit because it is our soul that has been wounded in this past season and it's been the enemy's plan to wound it so we cannot travail for our cities. And then I just want to declare Isaiah 54 and bring comfort to your city after we bring Comfort to our souls. So, Father, I just, I just go back to that experience. And, Father, I bring it into this room. And I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing a peace which surpasses understanding into the soul of your people. I thank you, Lord, that you are cutting asunder, that there is a sword that cuts asunder soul from the spirit, and you are dividing out what is the soul from what is the spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing comfort, that the affliction that the enemy has brought on our souls, Lord, you're speaking peace to that storm. And Father, I thank you. We will go into the new battles with a peace and an understanding of how much you love and cherish us. And I thank you, Lord, that as you begin to show us what is going on in our souls, I thank you for ministering angels right now, Father, to come and lift off the trauma. To come and lift off the worry. To come and lift off the worry of not just about us, but about our families. And Father, I thank you that you are going to bring a healing to your intercessors deep within that you will speak peace to that storm in the name of Jesus. And then I just want to declare to the city of Portland, oh, afflicted city, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony, and your foundations I will lay in sapphires. Moreover, I will make your battlements of rubies. And Father, I declare their battlements will be of rubies and their gates will be of crystal and your entire wall will be of precious stones. And I declare all your sons will be taught of the Lord, that there will not be this education, educating kids in in right and left and and 
confusion, but they will be taught of the Lord. I declare in righteousness you will be established and the well-being of your sons and daughters will be great. The well-being of your sons and daughters will be great. I declare you will be far from oppression, for you will not fear any longer. And terror, it will no longer come near you, city of Portland. If anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fall because of me. And I declare over Portland, no weapon that is formed against you will any longer prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment will be condemned. For Portland is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me. So I just declare the vindication of the Lord Jesus Christ upon this city and upon his intercessors in Jesus' name. I love the passage, Julian, that was phenomenal. It's so fitting. It just seems so fitting. I love the passage in 2 Kings 17, 38 and 39. The covenant I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods, principalities, powers, whatever. But the Lord your God you shall fear. And he shall deliver you from the hand of every adversary. Covenant unlocks deliverance. From the hand of every adversary. And I, I believe it's, it's as though we said it last night, as though the hand of the Lord is being extended to Portland, extended to you today with an invitation of marriage. This land married to the Lord. Will you accept on behalf of yourselves? Yes. Will you accept on behalf of this house? Yes. Will you accept on behalf of Portland? Yes. Will you accept on behalf of Oregon? Yes. And this Pacific Northwest? Yes. Chris, why don't you come on up here? Jolene, you can come up as a witness. We're going to read this Mayflower Compact. It's it's as though the hand of Jesus is extended as the bridegroom. And it's as though God the Father as the Ancient of Days is presiding over court. And how many of you know that this is a legal contract as well as an expression of passion? (coughs) Court of Heaven is now in session and God's verdict is Portland belongs to the bridegroom. (laughs) So stand to your feet. If you hear something that bears witness to you, say amen. You are witnesses of this covenant from coast to coast. Mayflower Compact, Renewal of America's Covenant with God, November 11th, 2020. 
July 25th, 2021, Portland, Oregon. In the name of God, amen. amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our soft... By the way, this incorporates language from the Mayflower Compact and also the Gettysburg Address. In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our sovereign Jesus Christ, by the grace of the God of Israel, Great Britain, ETC, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith in honor of our King and Kingdom, a sacred endeavor to reset the United States of America's covenant with our Creator, culminating on this 400th anniversary of the signing of the Mayflower Compact. Do by these presents, solemnly and mutually, in the presence of God and one another, hereby request and receive the very hand of God in the reconstitution of this covenant of marriage between Jesus Christ and Portland and our land. We acknowledge with solemn gratitude that you have granted our request for an annulment of all covenants with other gods, with death and hell, empowered by unjust bloodshed, which we and our forefathers had made and succumbed to, resulting in our present condition. We seek you now to establish us in your covenant of life. And with all solemnity and deference to your majesty, we request that your glory, the presence and power of Holy Spirit, might now return and reside again in this land, releasing awakening, union, moral clarity, and life. In a larger sense, we realize that our pleas alone cannot dedicate, cannot consecrate, cannot hallow this ground. The brave men and women, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our own power to add or detract. And as one small candle can light a thousand, so the light here kindled has been passed unto all successive generations. First, because you keep covenant and show great mercy. With this at heart for consideration in this petition, we present to you the covenantal legacy of the pilgrims who on 11-11-1620 committed this land and its government to the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith according to the Mayflower Compact. And we present to you the covenantal legacy of the Huguenots who came to this land with the same intention, whose blood was spilled and mission aborted, whose founder died chanting Psalm 132, begging your majesty that this land, Portland, would be a dwelling place for the mighty God of Jacob. And we present to you the covenant of the Virginia Company, whose chaplain declared the dedication of this land for the acceleration of Christ's gospel to the world, even sealing it with a planted cross. And we present to you the covenant of William Penn, whose devotion to the principles of Christ and governance revolutionized the nation and the world. 
And we present to you the original intent of many host people of the land who agreed from the beginning that both ownership and stewardship belongs to their creator and father who sought with reverence to honor the laws of nature and nature's God to whom you endowed great wisdom even to convey and implement principles of democratic governance that framed the United States Constitution. And finally, we present to you the legacy of the seed of Abraham, by which your covenant with Israel and mankind has been perpetuated. Our gratitude is immeasurable that you have chosen to graft us into this covenant. To this end, we fully commit our covenantal stewardship to resource the dream of your heart for Israel, the Jewish people, and the nations. Having undertaken this sacred task of repairing our nation's founding covenants with our Creator, and having diligently and wholeheartedly sought forgiveness for breaches of said covenants, offensive to God and detrimental to mankind, we now solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another combine these founding covenants as one sacred consecration of this land, the United States of America and all its territories to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is for us the living now to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which all who struggled for America's alignment with your covenant have thus far so nobly advanced that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government by the people for the people government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth and as you have engraved us in the palm of your hand Lord Jesus as you have granted us this gracious judgment of favor in favor of the saints this verdict of your redemption so we again request and receive the hand of God in marriage unto whom we promise all affection loyalty and sacred obedience and witness whereof we have declared this this day on Sunday the 25th yes. mm. 2021 amen. amen and if you agree with this covenant that is being made before your very eyes just shout amen amen Let's seal this with the declaration, no king but Jesus. Jesus. Say, I do. do. And with this decree between the bridegroom and the bride, the Lord now pronounces you husband and wife. And says, this land is married to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a good day.
Whatever you want. Okay. Take a seat for a moment. We're, we're, we're done. But, but here, here, here's, you have to understand something. This church was built on a covenant. It's right there. If you're attended one of our meetings, you'll find our leadership on the floor saying one thing. We won't stop until it's in Portland as it is in heaven. I don't live in Portland. Stop it. Did you know I was told by the White House staff in 2003, no other city influences Washington, D.C. like the policies of Portland. So if you live in Vancouver, you're like, oh, yeah, Portland. Yeah, 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 we're influencing you. So you better start working in Portland so Vancouver can change. <laughs> Our problem was that we were a city established on broken covenants. The very two men who established the city broke their own covenant. And here's how it went. I want to do what I want to do. That's like Portland. I want to do what I want to do. That's like Christians. I want to do what? It's Sunday. I want to do what I want to do. But we're going to stand here right now. I want you to stand your feet. We're standing in repentance for the broken covenants of our city. For the broken covenants between brothers and brothers. Father, we stand as your people who have entered into this covenant with you. And we stand here, Lord God, married to this land. And we say, the curse of broken covenants be washed out by the blood of Jesus. Wiped out. Wiped out. And we make this covenant with you. We won't stop until it's important as it is in heaven. We won't stop until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. We won't stop until the glory of the Lord releases awakening, whoa, revival and reformation from here to the nations. And so Jesus, thank you for cleansing the broken past and having us become agents of what it looks like to live in covenant. A covenant that establishes your glory, releases your glory, reveals your glory. So we thank you, Jesus. I think Denise needs to just sing that little verse right there. You don't need the words on the screen, just whatever, you know, you got it.
Lord, we thank you right now that you are giving us the strength to not stop. <laughs> Lord, to run with wing. Lord, to run, Lord God, like, like just, just like the deer over every mountain of opposition and rise with the wings of eagles. To soar and see the story of heaven come to earth until it's in Oregon as it is in heaven. Washington as it is in heaven. Whoa! The West Coast as it is in heaven. America as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your grace. I just pray that today, Lord God, you would mark all our hearts to become a people that says we will restore covenant to this city and to this nation. And we start by living in covenant with one another. Living for you, not living for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a prayer ministry team here if you need any prayer for anything. Otherwise, I'm just going to let you go. But so by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the apostolic authority we have with keys to the kingdom, I release upon you the mind of Christ to enter into the season Whoa, well, this Cairo's window has opened. Father, we just run hard after you and all your purposes. Enable every single person here, whether they're part of our church or just a, just a, a dear family member. We just ask God, God, accelerate, accelerate. In Jesus' name, amen. So good to have you with us today. Burning Church. My dear sister, so good to see you. Grew up, dedicated by John G. Lake when he pastored in Portland, Oregon. Has been fighting for the glory to return to the city. And I'm telling you, sis, we're there. It's here and it's just growing. Thank you for all your years. We honor you. Alright. Love one another. Have an amazing day. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. Thank you.